0: Welcome to Growth NZ Podcast, where we speak to entrepreneurs and experts and review their ideas, innovation and execution. To get show notes and exclusive content, go to growthhq.co.nz So my name's Richard Conway. Uh, I own a company called Pure SEO. I started it in 2009, shortly after I arrived from the UK. Um, early days were pretty difficult. Um, didn't have any network in New Zealand, so it was really starting from scratch. But I saw an opportunity. I saw the practices that some of the people were doing in New Zealand that you would never have got away with in the UK, and I knew it was only a matter of time before um, they came unstuck that the Google algorithm caught what they were doing. So I saw an opportunity in the market for a pure play, um, hence the name Pure SEO. Um, so we chose from day one to specialize in search engine optimization and search engine marketing, so Google AdWords, um, and that's still the same five and a half years later.
1: Cool, cool. So you started with 200 bucks. I mean, how, how did you get your first customer?
0: Yeah, so I started with 200 bucks, and that was um, to pay someone to build one page of my website, and then I did the rest. Uh, it did look like a child had done it because uh, I've got no design skills whatsoever. Um, but I didn't have much of a budget. I didn't know whether it would work. Uh, and I remember in the early days getting up at 11 o'clock uh, with my dressing gown on, thinking, shit, where am I going to get business? Yeah. Um, yeah. But ultimately, what I did is um, first thing I did was get out and network, um, just sort of meet people and things like that. And that started to pay dividends. I also used um, there's link building software um, which is for dodgy SEO. and what that does is it sends out um, emails to people I link to you, you link to me. but you can actually edit the email it sends out. So what I did is I used those software to target website developers um, saying that we're an SEO agency looking to partner with website developers. Um, your details have come up. we'd love to come and have a chat. Um, And so I sent that out, um, pretty much spattergun approach. um, And I still actually deal with some of the web developers that came out as a result of that uh, in those early days. So that was a really beneficial
1: tactic. So you you use dodgy SEO software in a non-dodgy way. Exactly, exactly. And and I think SEO has changed in its perception over, you know, it's changing as with most digital things. It's changing rapidly. But you know, how do you how do you think you've risen above the the, the, the dodgy nature and the spammy nature? Because there's there's hundreds of business owners right now who are probably getting a text or a call or a, an email from an SEO company based in New Zealand and overseas. How do you how do you, you know float? How have you floated to the top in terms of quality?
0: So there's there's a few things. One is the fact that we focus purely on search engine optimization, um, and so we can stay. Um, up-to-date with everything that's going on. I send my guys to SMX, which is um, the conference related to our industry in Sydney, um, and things like that. Uh, but the other side of it is the business side of it. I love business um, and business strategy. And ultimately, good SEO is really dovetails with good marketing. Yeah, We put out information about a company online. We list them in all the directories that they should be in. We find niche websites uh, relate to them and so all this stuff um, has a positive marketing impact on the business as well and where a lot of the smaller companies the fly-by-night companies get wrong is they're just looking for quick wins and you can get quick wins in SEO by doing um, unethical things but in the long run that's going to be detrimental and in my mind that's not good practice yeah um, it's it's much better to have clients for four or five years I and mean, One of my earliest clients, I think it was the third client I signed up, was AIA, the insurance company. Um, And I got them through doing a press release about how good Pure SEO were. And what, four and a half, five and a half years later, they're still a client. They've brought on another website. They've recommended us to other people. And so that long-term strategy and actually working um, for your clients um, has been beneficial and has helped us grow. Um, The other side has been the partnerships. So because we don't do any website development, we don't do any graphic design, we don't do anything like that, a lot of the web developers, a lot of the graphic designers, ad agencies will either recommend us or white-label us,
1: yeah.
0: um, and yeah. they, we make sure we look after them. So if a website developer recommends us, we'll make sure the document we give to the client is seen by the web developer first so that they can ensure that they're happy with it and it's not going to make them look rubbish. Um, so we protect our partners uh, whilst ensuring we get the best results for the client's
1: I think that that's obviously another benefit of specialisation. You know, you're not seen as a competitive threat, so you're seen as a partner. Is that? Yeah, exactly. You agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you know, sixth in the Deloitte Fast Five Hundred, five hundred percent growth. I mean, they're big numbers. How how is you, you took some investment last year? How has that changed the way that the the business is operated from from your perspective as the as the business owner and founder?
0: So. Um what I did right at the beginning, which I didn't necessarily know was a good move at the beginning, is um, all our clients pass every month. And the recurring revenue thing has been pretty much instrumental in the success of the business. Because if you think about it, uh, at the beginning of the month, you know you can invoice certain amounts. You know you can pay the staff, the office, and everything like that. And so the business grows every single month because we, always, we lose the old client. But we're always signing more clients than we lose. Um, and so that's one of the reasons for the growth. Now I sold a minority stake um, in December year before last and I sold that for two reasons. One was the person I sold it to is a guy called Tony Falkenstein who's sort of one of New Zealand's best known entrepreneurs. Yep. Um, one of his companies Just Water had been a client for three years um, and he saw what we were able to achieve as opposed to who he'd used previously and he's, he's got a history of scaling businesses and Ultimately, I viewed it, someone like him is paying me to help me grow my business. And because the business was cash flow positive from day one, I didn't have to leave any of that in. It wasn't used for growth. Um, so I got to walk away with quite a lot of money, uh, which to me de-risked a lot of my life. Um, and so that was another reason for it. Um, and it's been over a year working with Tony and Ian, his, my accountant and his business partner. And it's been brilliant. You know, they're great guys to work with. Really smart, and they don't really have egos. So you can say what you feel, and um, you can come to a decision. It's really good working with them.
1: Yeah, so it, it, it's kind of like buying a mentor into your business in a way, is it?
0: Yeah, getting paid to have a mentor is genius. Not a
1: not a bad not a bad <laughs>
0: scenario. Yeah, I'd... very lucky.
1: Yeah, I, I have to agree on the recurring, you know, side of things. I've got, I've got something that I, I have on the recurring part, which is probably about fifty percent of our revenue. And um, going into every month and not being on that sales hamster wheel is a is hugely beneficial. And you can just focus on serving the clients you got um, rather than you know spending time too much time chasing chasing the work. It's a it's a it's a nice way to 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 make a living.
0: Yeah, and so many like I I, I speak to a lot of business owners. I'm fascinated by business and. One thing that comes up um, repeatedly is cash flow you can have a great business but if your cash flow is not good it can kill the business yeah and so having that recurring revenue helps with the cash flow
1: yeah definitely definitely and international expansion have you have you looked overseas and and done it because you know Australia is not that far away
0: so we, we've got say 10 15 clients in Australia and we've got a handful of clients in the UK Um, But really, for the SEO side of the business, we think that there's so much opportunity in New Zealand. We spread ourselves too thin if we were to um, go abroad. Plus, I love living in Auckland, so I don't want to move. Um, But the other side is we built this cloud-based reporting system based on the fact that nothing existed that we needed. And we really feel what we've built is a saleable SaaS product in its own right. And so we've got the biggest agency in the UK trialing it at the moment. Um, we've got um, some really big companies in New Zealand looking at paying for a subscription. And so we see that as a standalone business, as a SaaS business, and that truly would be global from day one.
1: Awesome. So you're, you're, you're innovating internally and solving your own problems and, and turning those into into business opportunities.
0: Yeah, it was, it was probably the biggest flaw of our business from day one, not thinking global. If I was to start something else, again, I would be thinking global from day one, but um, yeah. we've come too far, and our systems are too um, localised,
1: really. Do you, do you think that's a necessary thing for New Zealand businesses? I mean, you, you've, you've built a great business just focusing in New Zealand, um, but do you think if someone's building something from day one, they should have a have a global viewpoint from the beginning?
0: Um, I think it depends... How big your thoughts are. I mean, I, I, sky's the limit as far as my thought process goes. So um, you can you can certainly build a business that generates tens of millions of dollars and makes millions and millions of dollars profit um, in New Zealand, uh, but then you take that globally and it could be hundreds of millions and you know, tens of millions a month profit. So. It depends on on where you want to go and where you are in your life. If you're tied down with children like I am um, and a wife, it's a lot more difficult to yeah. go global unless you're doing something that's really um, SaaS based or you know, cloud based.
1: Yeah, yeah. Do you, do you think there's a there's a danger of of focusing global too early and and not you know do a really good job of of owning a market like you have with SEO?
0: Yeah, it, it depends on the industry and depends on the business, but. One, again, another mistake I made in the early days is um, investing or getting involved in too many other businesses. So, you know, people pitch me ideas all the time, thinking, yeah, that's a great idea. And uh, you go off like a fly to a light. And when something's working, it probably needs a bit more focus. I'm lucky enough now that I have a general manager and we've got about 30 staff here. So it does allow me the flexibility now to get involved in other businesses but in the first um, few years it was to the business's detriment that i got involved in a few other businesses and took my time away from core
1: yeah yeah i, I must admit to suffering from a bit of entrepreneurial add um, yeah. myself so but um, as my wife said i'm probably not going to run out of ideas so there's a, there's plenty of opportunities to to tackle when when the time's right isn't there
0: exactly that's exactly my thoughts
1: so so obviously tony and 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 that 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 relationship's born, born fruit in terms of you know other mentors and things you've you've been you know in the in the media going to Necker Island and and hanging out with with you know Big Richard How has, um, how has those kind of experiences you know shaped you as a as an entrepreneur and business owner
0: so I I strive. For um, meeting other people and and um, sharing knowledge i 'm a big believer in the more people you speak to, the more people you interact with the successful people you around, the more you learn yourself and so you pick up gems and I was lucky enough to be invited to spend the best part of a week on Necker Island with Sir Richard Branson and uh, fifteen other entrepreneurs from around the world and um, amazing experience just took away so much and had so much fun um, and I've now got connections around the world um i was invited recently to spend um to have lunch at churchill's bunker in the uk and you just learn so much but interestingly regardless of who you speak to and who you meet um uh, there are uh, common threads that all the successful businesses have such as employing really good people and then treating them really well and and creating that culture where people actually want to work and they want to come in because the co- Cost of losing staff is really expensive. You've got training, you've got uh, recruitment, and things. So, you know, we spend a fortune on. um, You know, we spend six figures a year on training, on staff events, and things like that. And it may sound like a a lot of money for a relatively small business, but I haven't lost a staff member to a competitor for nearly four years. So we don't really lose staff. And that to me is much uh, more important than splashing a bit of cash on the culture because uh, we've got awesome people and without those people uh, the business is is fragile um, so it's really important to retain that talent and make sure that the culture embodies what they and you see as the future.
1: Yeah, yeah. And your experience dealing with these, you know, billionaires and, you know, high net worth people have, have done it and probably, you know, succeeded multiple times so they – do they, is, it, is it their thought process? What what marks them out as different to to the mere mortals, for want of a better word?
0: So a lot of them are eternal optimists. Um, so they're always looking from the positive side. And I think if you're an eternal optimist, you actually um, see more opportunities because everybody gets presented with opportunities. Um, then there's a large amount of luck. I think every really successful um, person that I've come in contact with cites a certain... Something that happened um, that helped them get that stage, whether it's Richard Branson with um, getting funding, or pretty much everybody has luck. And I know you make your own luck to a large extent, but unless you put yourself out there and have a go and be eternally optimistic, it's hard to be that successful. They're also very single minded, so if they want to do something, want to achieve something, um, they really set about how to achieve it and they just go and do it rather than procrastinating and saying you know what what if this what if that they just say bugger it let's just do it and see what happens and yeah and I've, the, the, I've
1: heard entrepreneurship being described you need to be a good entrepreneur you need to be, need to be delusionally optimistic because you need to <laughs> you need to believe something that, that that no one else believes and you need to be slightly slightly delusional to think it's going to work
0: absolutely and you need to to also be able to challenge yourself um, I think it's Claude Batten who's a Kiwi entrepreneur um, she coined the phrase vomit moments and if you're not um, pushing yourself to that extreme where you feel sick um, regularly you're probably not going hard enough and so yeah it's the phrase as well she uses embracing deliberate discomfort and I think that's really on, on Pat because as an entrepreneur you've really got to stick your foot forward and Um, lead the way and it's not comfortable but if it was comfortable everybody else would be doing it
1: yeah exactly exactly so i mean back to the back to the well let's let's face a slightly dry subject of seo but but actually seo is just as you highlighted earlier it's you know it's it's the outcomes it's the business outcomes that you're driving which is what the clients see value in isn't it and you know yeah, it's the same absolutely. with with my work with you know conversion optimization or audience development or product development. It's the it's the bit, the measurable business outcomes that they they get the results from. But you, the the tools that we use can just happen to be SEO or or, or whatever we're doing for someone, isn't it? Is um you know what what are the opportunities in SEO in New Zealand? Because we're we're in a relatively small market, and some things are are, are highly competitive, and 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 others less so you know, what, what, are, what, are, what are the obvious things that people aren't doing right now that you see that that, that are quick wins for, for small or large businesses here?
0: Okay, so one of the biggest mistakes that people are doing at the moment is there's this whole content marketing wave and everybody's talking about um, how content's really important and, and that's not wrong, content is massively important but what people are doing wrong is they're just churning out spurious content for the sake of it like whacking a blog post up that nobody ever reads. Now if nobody reads it then there is really no value to that content it's much better to think about um, the content and how it's going to be amplified. And so when we work with bigger clients to get them beyond their competitors, we think about how can we get uh, value through a piece of content. So it could be something like organising an event. And to that event, we invite people who have got big online audiences. And the idea is, it's, it's actually called Barnacle SEO. You attach yourself to these um, people with big audiences with the idea that as it's floating through, sea, so you capture some of that audience. Um, and so something that pe- anyone can do, any business, is really think about the content. And rather than just chuck out loads of content, do smaller amount but make sure it's more valuable to someone and make sure that it gets disseminated properly. So whether it goes on social, whether you pick up the phone and you um, speak to someone who it might be interested to, whether you email it to people, um, or whether you make something that um, depending on your budget that's really cool that people want to share um, but rather than just so many people just put content on their website for the sake of content and that can actually be, be detrimental rather than helpful.
1: Yeah, so it's a, it's a quality over con- over quantity issue because I mean there's never there's never been more content being produced you know every second of every day is there so the, the quality's got to rise to the top.
0: Exactly, exactly. Yeah. I mean how are you going to stand out Um, from the crowd, if you're just writing a blog post that you've copied from someone else and edited slightly, um, there's going to be no value to that. Or if you're writing it specifically for SEO purposes, there's going to be very little value. Whereas if you're looking at what your customers are actually interested in and then you're pushing that content out and you're trying to engage and if people comment on it, you're responding to those comments. And um, one of the biggest values that people don't realise is once someone's engaged with your content and you've responded, that's often the end of the interaction. But you've actually got an engaged person there. So why don't you, next time you put a piece of content, try and push it out to them?
1: Yeah, yeah. I spend, a, spend a bit more time promoting the content rather than just creating it. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah, I, I've, I've definitely noticed a trend with content marketing is, is probably not enough marketing and too much focus on the content But because it seems that people are... Are, are a bit passive about it, and they're they're almost scared to, to once they have someone engaged, they're almost scared to kind of take advantage of it and and start to push towards a sale or or whatever the yep. desired outcome is.
0: Plus, it's quite easy to create content. I mean, it's, you know, you can whack out a blog posts in an hour, but there's no value to that. So people are um, selling other people content, and they're just doing this content that doesn't really have any value. Um, whereas if you spend more time on it and actually put a plan around it you'll get more uh value and your customers will get more value through that
1: content do people see you know i've, I've come across a number especially especially smaller businesses are seeing seo as a bit of a magic bullet and they 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 come in and optimize their site and then they don't see immediate results so they're kind of not sure where to go next do people have the right attitude towards optimizing you know their site to get more traffic to it So one
0: of the biggest problems that we face as a legitimate SEO company is um, these small competitors coming in and guaranteeing we'll get you on page one within three months and things like that. And when someone guarantees you that, it's likely that they're uh, focusing on shortcuts and they will get you good results into the short to medium term so that they will get you ranking by doing certain things quickly. But in the long term, it can be detrimental to your website. So it's not a quick fix and it's not. Um, something that should be done in isolation. Yeah. So yeah. SEO isn't going to, it's not the panacea for a website, it's not going to make the website necessarily be uh, massively successful in isolation. You've still got to do your standard marketing things, you've still got to talk about your product, you've still got to get out there on social media, um, you've still got to run the business. You can't just expect SEO to be the golden bullet to the business. It will help, it will get your ranking but all this other stuff that you do around it will also help and will also help the rankings and will act as a cumulative effect um, and that's that's one of the problems we face is that when people come to us they expect uh, we'll get the website ranking and suddenly they'll have a 10 million dollar business they've got to also do the other fundamentals, they've got to have good products um, other marketing things um, that being said when you have got a good robust business SEO can have a huge impact. We had a client a couple of weeks ago who got one lead through their website, which resulted in half a million dollars worth of business, and that pays for us forever, basically. And yeah. um, so now they're telling everybody how good we are, and um, and that's how the business grows as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm always a big fan of moving a client towards a quick result, and um, I've never moved them towards half a million dollars after you know one lead, but um, I'm probably not far off, so. Getting, getting, a, getting a quick results almost um, is, is pretty attractive to, to keeping your yeah. client for the long term. You know, I've, I've noticed uh, going into this year a, a bit more of a waning attitudes around social media. You know, a lot of businesses are, are, are tens or hundreds or, or even millions of dollars down the track in investing in these channels, um, and some of them are getting an ROI and some of them aren't. Is, um, do, do you think some of the lust has come off with the uh, we need to be everywhere or we need to be social Um, kind of attitude for for some of the larger companies?
0: Yeah, so I think the problem with social media is it's not necessarily a sales tool for a lot of businesses. A lot of businesses is just another communication tool. Um, Some businesses, so one of our clients is a a company called Yummy Mummy Fitness and um, she gets loads of business through her social channel because she interacts with um, the people who... Um, sign up for their um, fitness training and things like that, and there's before and after pictures, and it's brilliant for her. Whereas I think ourselves, who've got a reasonable social presence, we've had probably one lead um, that's converted into business the entire time we've been running. So, and if you're an accountant, for example, I mean, you're not really going to get business off Facebook, it's the wrong platform for you. That being said, um, a lot of big companies need to be on social because. That's where some of their customers um, want to interact with them, but it doesn't necessarily provide a massive ROI.
1: And I would that, say, if you you're not do you think a lot of companies good, have looked at it? Do you think a lot of companies have looked at it incorrectly? You know, you can you can measure an ROI out of SEO. You can measure an ROI out of conversion optimization. You can measure an ROI out of email. Do you think a lot of companies have looked at social? You know, like that. You know, it. Spending a dollar here doesn't necessarily turn into two, and and that's been hindered their their progress in it.
0: I think a lot of people have jumped on it because they feel they have to be on it, uh, yeah. because there's a buzz and they feel it's a the box they've got to tick, uh, rather than actually thinking strategically about what you want to achieve. I think to do a successful social campaign, and we do, we don't do social, but. Um, to run a successful social campaign, you've got to have an end result in mind and you've got to plan what you're going to do. Like any any decent marketing, you've got to have an idea of where you want to get to rather than just thinking, oh, we're going to do social, let's stick up an app, see what happens um, and then not follow it up. So I think part of the problem is the planning around it and the thought process around it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I read something um, from Mitre 10 yesterday and you know they seem to have a very... I, I, my impression of them is they have one of the best kind of multi-channel approaches in retail at the moment, and you know they're very much in the the social monitoring and and kind of customer service kind of angle rather than a it's a sales channel and it has to generate X number of dollars, um, and and that's where they come from from their investment. So I think I think and looking and 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 being inside a few businesses of similar sizes, you know that that seems to be a kind of similar a similar viewpoint. It's in Social media is an excellent customer service channel because that's where the customers want. To, that's how the customers want to communicate, and that's that's natural for them.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely.
1: And we've got next week. There's um there's a big Google uh, update focused around mobile. Um, you know, dramatically called Mobile Geddon, What? Um, yeah. are, are, are New Zealand businesses or businesses in general paying enough attention to, to mobile as a channel? And, and your opinion?
0: Well, pretty much one in two search in New Zealand is now through a mobile device. And so um, if they're not on mobile, they're um, really behind the times. And, and Google have been warning about this for quite a long time. There's something called Webmaster Tools, which is free software, which most websites should be on. And, and for months and months, Google's been sending out messages to people telling them their website's not mobile ready. They've also got tools, which are free, which you can put your URL in and um, see how mobile-friendly your website is. So I think on the whole, with the clients that we deal with, they're getting there. There's a few massive corporates who haven't got there with us um, just based on their sheer size and the time it takes them to make these changes. Um, But really, if that many searches are happening on a mobile device, it's just good business practice to have a, a mobile version of your website and if you've got a small business and you haven't got massive budgets to make a mobile version, there's software like Mobile and things like that where you can pay 100 US a year and it makes a mobile version of your website. So it doesn't have to be really onerous but I think it's really important that people get mobile ready. We don't know quite how it's going to affect the rankings um, but whenever Google come out and say something, um, it's going to become bigger and bigger.
1: Yeah, yeah i'll I'll put links to those uh those mobile tools uh on cool. on the show notes and mobile as a channel is I, I see a lot of businesses like deeply unprepared for it, and some who are probably looking at it the wrong way is you know but you just need to look around in terms of look at any anyone when you walk into a lift or walk down the road and everyone's looking at a mobile you know a mobile screen, so it's not just about search it's the way you interact with customers and and the actions you want them to take. Because I know one of the for some of the businesses I work with, you know, conversion rate is a is a big challenge on mobile, um, and they're starting to have to rethink the whole experience uh, rather than necessarily focusing on the metrics they look on desktop. But th- this update um, is going to punish people quite. It looks it looks to be this update will punish people quite severely who who aren't prepared for that for that mobile you know world we live in.
0: Yeah, and it brings me on to just one more thing. One thing that we're looking at and that we believe is, is going to be part of the future of SEO is um, historically S- SEO has been about searching on a desktop or, or searching using typing. But now, certainly in the US, more and more searches are, are being enacted by voice. And the way we search with voice is different to the way we write things. And so as an SEO agency, we're having to look more into how to work with voice search and how the commands and the search terms with vo- voice search differ from searching by typing things in, so that's one of the areas we're really looking into going forward.
1: Awesome, awesome. Well, it's been great talking, Richard. Have a, a bit of a, a bit of a plug for the business. How can people, you know, learn more about you and, and get in touch with you if they, if they think you they want to work with you?
0: Cool. Um, yeah. So our website is www.pureseo.co.nz. Uh, we've got a phone number oh eight hundred search. Have a look on our website at our blog. Give me a buzz. Oh eight hundred search or oh nine nine five oh three triple eight. Willing to help anyone.
1: Awesome. I'll give give you a free backlink on my off my site as well. So uh, I'm sure it'll help your rankings a bit with that.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Thanks a lot. (laughs) Cheers. Thank you for listening to the Growth NZ Show. To find show notes for this episode, head over to growthhq.co.nz. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can leave a review in iTunes. I sure would appreciate it.